0: Welcome back, this is Don't Cast and Drive. This is your speaker person, Veronica Tyler Christie, sometimes V. Here with me is Matt Mania co-host and notable rapper from the Phoenix, Arizona area, Teak Hall.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: so glad that you're with me today thank you for taking the time out of your day to uh, uh you know just talk about music and uh just talk about your history and maybe we'll get into some like Matt media details um but cool so i guess just to give those who are listening a heads up so teak is from uh arizona like i stated before um he is a rock artist uh he's kind of tinkers into like kind of like the villain uh, aesthetics regarding of how he produces his music and he also uh, co-hosts with Mega Ran and Rock Knowledge as well as El Neo X on a podcast called Matt Mano, which is about uh, WWE and other uh, wrestling uh, shenanigans but they also talk about other things such as hip-hop things going on in the pop culture world as well as you know, they're just their favorite hobbies. So I'm really lucky to kind of stretch out and talk to people from other states outside of California. Um, so again, Teak, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited about this.
2: No problem. Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, we've um, we've definitely appreciate from the podcast perspective um, that you do listen and tune in and. that's why you've been getting shout outs on the podcast and stuff. We definitely appreciate
0: that. Yeah, I figured with just kind of, you know, kind of being putting my nose in there and saying like, hey, guys, you know, or just like throwing like a meme at you guys. I just I figure that you guys are a good group of people (laughs) and that you receive jokes. Well, (laughs) so I I am always very like playful when it comes down to like just like interacting with you guys uh, regarding the podcast um and I think how I know you guys also from that is that I did the um I did a little bit of like YouTube uploading for you guys for a while and then um but that was about it I don't know if there was like any success with that
2: yeah we just we we haven't got all the episodes uploaded on YouTube because I mean we're already on like episode 108 or something so just nobody has the time to just sit around and just upload the videos all the time so yeah de- um,
0: definitely. i don't
2: think that we're going to be doing like videos until we get like the editing crew or something like that to actually shoot and edit the videos so right now we're just um recording audio but we did just get on spotify so the whole um all our archive of episodes up to now are, is now available on spotify
0: yeah no that's awesome i know there's a lot of people who listen to spotify i'm actually i'm not anti-spotify but i find myself kind of defaulting to other programs like i use like the apple series <laughs> i kind of feel a little i feel a little like neglecting my friends when i say that i use all the apple stuff but anyway so uh um, so you're like yeah i don't even have itunes and so i'm
2: i'm i'm anti-Apple stuff. And it look-
0: no, I understand that. So let's kind of go into your um, origin story. So, where are you originally from? Phoenix, or are you from a um, another spot?
2: I'm originally from Detroit.
0: Okay. And when did you decide to move over into Arizona, and why?
2: Um, I've been living in Arizona for like 14 years now, and uh, when I first moved up to Arizona. It was because a buddy of mine was dating someone from Phoenix while he was living in Ohio, and then he ended up, she wanted him to come out here and move to Arizona, so he came out here and moved, and while he was out here, you know, I guess it was like, shit, now I'm out here, and I don't know anybody and have any of my friends out here, so he started inviting people that he knew to come out to Arizona to, you know, visit and check it out and stuff like that. And I wasn't really doing too much at the time, other than music, which I've always been doing. So I was like, I'll come check it out. You know, Arizona was never on my bucket list of places to end up. Um, you know, as far as West Coast, I thought was you know California and stuff like that. So <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'll come check it out. And you know, the um, employment scene and stuff like that was better than Detroit and the Midwest and things like that because um, Arizona is steady growing mm-hmm. uh, um, Phoenix is steady branching out and things like that And um, because of the weather here like they have so much um, job stability out here because they don't have to worry about um, you know like um, snow days or you know just a lot of disasters or anything out here Arizona is pretty much just hot all the time and that's it so um, that's how I got out here
0: okay and then uh when you moved out here were you were you like relatively like young w- was it hard for you to start over um if you want um, to
1: when I per- when I
2: first moved out here I was 20 so because I had my 21st birthday in Arizona so um yeah still young not a not a hard transition just I'm I'm one of those people that like moving away from, like, family and stuff like that isn't, like, a a big deal for me. I like to travel and, like, explore and experience and stuff like that, so.
0: Okay. Um, Yeah, I understand yeah,
2: Not really really a hard transition. I mean, uh, like, the summers are fucking hot as shit because it's, like, a hundred and plus out here, but, I mean, I came from, you know, where, like, half the year is winter, so. (laughs) (laughs) And the snow all the time and shit so Dude, I mean
0: winters just, are no joke
2: <laughs> right no especially not out there in like winter for the the younger part of my life means like I didn't have no car and anything so like I was catching the bus and everything so like having to do all that through snow and everything just like I definitely appreciate being out here when there's no snow. And I can, in the middle of the winter, I can go out and start my car up and just take off and go wherever I need to go in some shorts and some flip flops.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely a change of pace. I've had, um, I've lived in California my whole life. uh, So snow is a foreign concept to me. (laughs) I'm used to seeing oceans and uh, just space. But yeah, I checked out uh, the Midwest back in last New Year. And it was definitely in the middle of winter. And me being like, oh, I don't, it's just snow. It's not a big deal. Uh, It actually was a big deal. I had to hop on maybe like more buses than I ever thought I would ever have to hop up in my life thinking that I can walk two miles, no problem, when really it was a problem because <laughs> my toes would freeze and then oh, my <laughs> nose was acting up. And like, you know how in cartoons, like you get like all like your sinuses all start acting up and then like you get icicles underneath your nos- nostrils like that was me. <laughs> so, no, I, I'm really happy that I I live out here. And so far, like so far, like everything's going OK out here that I, I mean. You know, with city like I'm in San Jose, I'm kind of in the Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley where everything's getting hyper gentrified and like cost of living is like spiking. So, I mean, at some point I'm going to have to relocate, but um, I don't think the Midwest is going to be that spot to do so. <laughs> so. <laughs>
2: right, I feel you. I mean, um, I always tell people like um, the comedian Joe Rogan, like he lives in um, L.A. or California or something like that, but... Um, he always says that people from um, the West Coast need to go live in snow for a little bit. It was like they got it too good, and he <laughs> like, um, "So you know, they got a certain type of attitude because they've had it so good. It's like, now nah, you need to go live in snow for a little bit. It'll change your change your demeanor,
0: <laughs> <laughs> build some character. All right. All right. Um, so I guess since. If, since leaving Detroit uh, or leaving Detroit, um, were you still doing music? Like when did you start doing music and would you start doing hip-hop or getting into that or was hip-hop your first thing that you did?
2: Um, I started doing that probably like around the 10th grade of high school is when I started actually doing music um, and out with some friends and then um, you know they started a rap group asked me if I knew how to rap or whatever and I'm like sure so that was when I started um my rap career I think so then I was just um doing other things I was um in band in school for a little while so a
0: little bit of a band nerd
2: yeah I mean I was probably a lot of a nerd of of sorts um just because like I was in chess club and um I had band twice during the during the um school day and stuff like that so doing a lot of stuff like um like that but you know just in my um everyday life like i was around the age in 10th grade you know where i was um getting into the lot. i got into music probably um later than some people because i had an older sister so i do remember like and she would be like watching music videos I'd be like damn this motherfucker watching music videos all the time I watch cartoons like <laughs> like or something else like this shit is not <laughs> <laughs> like it's just a song like she'd be watching the box or you know stuff like that and I'm just like man I'm trying to watch cartoons but she the oldest so she like bossing us around and shit
0: yeah so. yeah you know, <laughs> siblings always to go into different things. My sister was more, like, music videos. I was always anime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. There
2: you go. So it wasn't until, like, um, I don't know, probably, like, sometime in middle school when I started, like, getting into the music and stuff and watching, like, MTV and BET and stuff like that, getting into,
1: mm-hmm. into
2: music videos like she was. But before then, I definitely remember, like, uh, like well, I, I want to
0: watch some cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm I'm gonna stay stuck on this for a second. So, what was your instrument and in band?
2: Um, I played the baritone.
0: Yes, brass brothers. I love it. Yeah. No, I'm a trombone player, so I love hearing that there's more people who are just doing the brass thing. <laughs> was it just baritone, or did you experiment on tuba at all? I mean, it's like almost the same fingerings
2: no nah, i I was just on baritone
0: okay for sure did you do like um uh, marching band or jazz band or anything like that
2: no we were um what were we we we
1: did like pep rally stuff so but i wasn't in a marching band because i wasn't in band in
2: high school i was only in, band in middle school so sixth through eighth grade i did band
0: okay for sure
2: well actually no that's a lie um <laughs> I don't think when did I start banding uh, I started playing that instrument in elementary but I don't know what at what point in elementary because I'm thinking like I remember having to carry my instrument on the bus and stuff like that the school bus and bring it home from school but when I was in middle school I went to school right around the corner from me so I just had to walk to school mm-hmm. but then I still would have to carry that um, instrument <laughs> <laughs> like the marathon was big like the case that has to go in <laughs>
0: Yeah, my my instrument was very uh, inconvenient to kind of carry around. It was long and it would bump into people, and everyone was like, Watch, where are you going? I'm like, I'm sorry. I just, I'm trying here. Uh-huh. Anyway, all right. No, that's awesome. I had no clue about that. That's really dope. Um, so let's kind of go into some of your album stuff that you've recently released. Um, I really dig your music, by the way. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's very theatrical. It reminds me of, like, you take, like, a Hanna-Barbera cartoon sample and then you just, like, flip a beat on it. Um, Or, like, you know, um, it also kind of reminds me of, like, MF Doom, too, a little bit. Um, So there's just, like, a lot of, like... I mean, it's kind of given, but there's a lot of evil <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> or like a lot of goal setting uh, how you kind of set up like a lot of your EPs or your um, your albums. So it's it keeps me engaged and the themes that you pick or whoever that you're working with as your producer. Um, the, th- the themes that are going on, they, they articulate into each other really, really well, um, so I I'm giving you like a plus plus on my side of things when I'm listening. Um, and also it's very, um, just with more of like my impressions of listening, like it's very relaxed. Like I know like it sound like some of your tracks kind of sound like a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more edgy, but like, you know, lately with a lot of rap that I listened that I've been hearing, that's like more pop rap. There's just so much like, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? It feels very anxious and it feels very like, like, oh, I have to be the fastest guy alive or I have to find a way to syncopate a different way. But, like, yours is just, like, your flow is, like, very much so, like, taking it easy, but not in a way where I know it's not easy to do. So, um, no, I just... No, I'm, I'm
2: not taking it that way. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I'm not really, like, I can't rap faster, but I don't really get into the fast rap that often. um no, I mean, I, I just rap. Like, I have a pace that I rap at, um a range. Um, a BPM
0: mm-hmm. where
2: where I'm comfortable at, where I rap at, and you know, normally I like to find beats that that fit that style or can complement um the, my rap style. So so yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, I used to get called like monotone and stuff like that um early on <laughs>
1: when, I, when <laughs> I
2: was rapping, but but yet still the people they would compare me to, they'd be like, yeah, you you sound monotone, but you sound like jay-z or you sound like 50 cent or something like that and it's like well these are the biggest guys you know mm-hmm. or something like that so you saying i sound monotone but i sound like these guys so um eventually it just you know took me time to get into my own art um find my voice is what people call it um right now as i get compared to like killer mike a lot when i when people hear me
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: but you know that's still somebody's who's dope i look up to killer mike i don't think
0: yeah, run the Once somebody,
2: somebody told me that I sound like him, then I started listening to shit, and I was like, "Damn, I do kind of sound like him." But I think it's just kind of like the accent, even though he's from the South and I'm not from the South. Mm-hmm. I'm from the Midwest, but a lot of people from the Midwest people say sound like the South. I think I just like drag my words a certain type of way.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I thought like maybe you were like. I mean, again, I don't know you that well, so that's the whole point of this interview, right? <laughs> um, but I thought, like, listening to your voice on the podcast with Matt Mania, um, that you sounded like maybe, oh, Georgia or, like, maybe Missouri or something like that. But no, you said, you said Detroit. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like, anyway, so I guess with, like, listening to, like, what how you pick your flow, who is your main guy that you listened to growing up? like, Or who is, like, the main group for you?
2: oh man well when I first got like I remember first getting into music and stuff um, and listening to like my sister's CDs stuff that she had or whatever so um, early on it was like Wu-Tang cause she had Wu-Tang forever so oh, dope. Wu-Tang was a big influence for me when I finally did start like getting into rap like that like oh man like paying attention to what they're saying and just just that young like early teenage age where i'm just like oh man these guys are the shit and listening to wu-tang listening, like knowing all the words so like oh dirty bastard song dog shit and stuff like that knowing like oh i'm not supposed to be listening to this like <laughs> like if my mom knew that i was listening to this she'd have an issue with it, but <laughs> but it was dope and then that and then like um bad boy in the family when that album came out um I was um, being in Detroit. I was listening to a lot more East Coast stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, even when it comes to like Biggie and Tupac, I'm more Biggie. Um, when it comes to people saying like who's the best between those two, but
1: yeah.
2: Um, so yeah, like the West Coast stuff. I was really banging a lot of West Coast stuff at that time. It was more East Coast stuff. So I'm like, Emx and the Locks and Cameron and Dipset and Jay Z and Siegel and Rockefeller. And,
0: and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, no, that's dope. And then let's, let's kind of go back into talking about a couple of your albums. So the first album that I ever heard you on, it was on the living daylights and you were collaborating with a guy named Charles, Charlie Mumbles or sorry, can you correct me on that? No,
2: that's, that's
0: the producer's name on that house. His name's Charlie Mumbles. Okay. And what was the, uh... What was the process or what was your experience uh just collaborating
1: with him?
2: Um pretty pretty smooth, pretty easy. Um Charlie he's a he's a dope producer. Um he was sending me he was messaging me on Instagram and he was like, Oh, um send me your email, I wanna send you some heat and stuff like that. Uh-huh. yeah, so he was sending me emails, um I guess he was collecting like emails from rappers and sending out like group emails of like um, geek and stuff like that. And I was never going to listen to the stuff that he said. Um, just cause, you know, I was busy working on stuff. Or I was just like, oh, you know, this guy can be sending me I'm not interested. But I finally would have listened and I was like, oh, this shit is actually dope. Let me, um, let me get this dude up and see what he's trying to do. So, came, came to him with an idea or whatever for us to work on something. And, and that was pretty much it. And then he would just, you know, send me, Send me beats every so often, send me photos and stuff like that of beats, and then I would just go through with filming the ones that I like best and um, just went from went from there. So he's uh, living in New York now actually and he recently had a beat on ASAP Rocky's new album. So oh, dope. he's doing yeah, so he's doing well as far as
1: the produ- production goes.
0: Okay. And then I also noticed like the amount of features that you also had on this album as well. Like you had like Be The Ruler, you also had Ran on here, but I think you've you've collaborated with Ran before. Um, yeah. And then I also noticed that you had Open Mike Eagle on there as well. So were you around when they when they uh, recorded their verses or was that just kind of like a whole separate thing?
2: Oh yeah, uh, Mike, he just sent, he emailed me his verse he's pretty busy, you know, and he lives in LA, so,
0: um,
2: it's not like I can, like, drive out there or anything, because we had talked about shooting a video before to it, but, um, for the most part, it was just, yeah, me contacting Mike through email, and stuff like that, and sending him to be, and i and stuff like that, um, but I have met Mike in person, and we've performed. Um, on the same bill a few times, so
1: um,
2: he was out in New Orleans with us when we were out there for WrestleMania. So, I mean, he's a good dude. Definitely enjoys music. That's why wanted him to hop on the project.
1: Yeah.
0: No, it seems like I I didn't really listen to too much of him at all, um, but I keep seeing his name floating around on Twitter a lot. um, So I I'm just like I'm like oh I wonder why this guy's so popular. Um, like no disrespect to him because like now listening to some of his stuff, like he's like very talented Um, but it's like who is he? I wonder to he is. But anyway just, just one of
2: those like I mean he's, he's kind of like a nerdy rap type dude Um, because he, he's like a dad and stuff He raps about just like regular shit Like he's got this song about washing dishes that I like And, <laughs> and stuff like that Like so he takes like a whole different Different perspective about like things, you know, like Rapping about taking his kid to school And and his kid telling him to put other rappers on the radio And stuff like that, you know It's just like It's just like cool shit that You know, since I'm getting older um, Just like let you know Like you can rap about different shit, you know Like coming up, nobody was rapping about stuff like that If they did, they'd probably get clowned or something like that Like <laughs> You, know, you had to rap a certain way about certain things to be considered, you know, a dope rapper. Like, when I first heard about like nerdcore rap, that was through um, a documentary that was on Netflix. Oh. And, um, yeah, I forget what it was called, but um, it was basically about this rapper named MC Frontalot. It was his documentary or something, or a documentary about him
1: mm-hmm. and about him creating
2: nerdcore, which is the genre that um, people um consider Rand to be a Mega Rand, so right. that was my first time hearing about that, and then um, you know, and Rand's very successful in that, and he travels, you know, the world and everything, performing, and makes a living off that, so it's like, he can do that, and my first experience in that was a documentary on Netflix, and then meeting him and he does it, so it's like, man, seeing people that are successful and, um, in like subgenres of rap that I didn't even know existed.
0: Yeah. I I, I feel like with the whole hip hop world in itself, that there's now it's not no longer just like you can't just say hip hop anymore. It's like, okay, what type of rap are you doing? Is it parody rap? Is it comedy rap? Is it like, you know, is it kind of like storytelling? Is it um, like like you said, is it nerdcore? is it, like, along the genre of, like, insane clown posse? Like, it's just a lot of, like, now there's, like, a specific, like, there's all these subgenres that are out now, which is great because I love seeing, like, one genre when it's, con- when it's considered one thing spread out into different webs of others. Um, it's the same thing with jazz music, right? Like, jazz music isn't just jazz. It's straight ahead. It's ECM. It's, um, you know, there's also these people who do parodies on jazz, which... It was really funny, but some of those require more of, like, a visual. So um, I think it's really cool. Um.
2: Yeah, I, I think so, too. Like, open mic, like, he does something, like, he coined the term, like, art rap. So,
1: mm-hmm.
2: like, people like him and then, like, Milo or I don't know if you've ever heard of him.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, um, John Wayne, Serengeti, like, there's a lot of, like, people that fall into, like, that category. Which has become a sub genre. It's called art rap. Then people do jazz rap. So, like, that's a sub genre also.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's really cool. Like, I I really appreciate it. Um, and like, there's a group I'm gonna be collaborating with, or not collaborating. We're gonna be on a performance together next week. But they're more of like funk, but also kind. It's like kind of like political rap. Um, okay. yeah, like
2: dead friends and stuff like that. I'm sorry. Say that you again. Heard? Like dead Prince, You ever heard of them?
0: No, I haven't actually. Maybe okay. I should have them like up a, too. They're, <laughs> no,
2: they're like, they're, they're, old, they're like an old school rap group. So, um, if you haven't heard about them, I don't hold that against you, but they were like, a they were more political, mm-hmm. kind of like, um, fight the power type yeah. stuff,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this like the one the group that I'm talking about. They're called the Leak. They're from new. They're from uh, Las Vegas, and their whole thing is like artistically addressing, um, just like all the struggles within the world, and um, just like encompassing the beauty of what could be, but also addressing the the struggle, right? Um, Which kind of reminds me of your track "Beautiful Loss," which is with Open Mike Eagle. So. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about a little bit about your uh, co-hosting with Matt Mania, uh, since that's where uh, I know you the most. <laughs> um, it's been a very, i you guys make my commutes to work so like exciting now. <laughs>
2: Oh man, that's awesome. I'm so glad to know that people are out there listening to the podcast. I mean, yeah, it's fun and we enjoy doing it. We want to see what's going to come of it. But, um, yeah. I mean, you kind, of, you kind of put that stuff out there. I mean, before we got on Spotify, I think it was kind of hard to gauge, like, um listeners and stuff like as far as like the analytics and stuff that you can check online. Mm -hmm. that would definitely be a reason why we wanted to try to get it on there. I think now we're going to be able to see more streamlined and effectively like how many um, listeners we're getting and things like that so that we can start trying to better promote the the brand outward and things like that.
0: Yeah. No, I think you guys are doing a wonderful job. And also with going to events, like you guys went to All In um, Uh and then... I noticed that even that even if you guys are if you promote it or not, there's like always I follow. OK, let me backtrack a little bit. I do follow um, Neo X on Snapchat and he uh-huh. always goes out to events and then he's always like publishing everything that you guys are doing. So at least there's always like constant um, stream of content. Uh, so that way you guys can build your brand and strengthen your brand. So it's not like, oh, we're just doing a podcast. Instead, it's like, oh, I, we're doing a podcast, but we're also going to these events that correlate with the podcast. And we're also talking to other people. And then luckily enough, when you go over to other places, um, there's also uh, you meet with people that you know in that area and they can help you kind of like build your clout. So it's just it's really cool that to me, it seems like you guys have been doing a really good job about... Um, Promoting yourselves and making sure that you guys find different ways to make yourselves more available to those who have specific as- access to different streaming services. Um,
1: I mean, think, definitely appreciate
2: that. You know, it doesn't hurt. Also, that you know, like, um, like that. Mega Ran is like the person who started it, and he has already like a huge following. So, um, trying to get some of those followers over in uh, something else that he's interested in. You know, a lot of those people know him from the video game reps and things like that so you know it's been kind of like a difficult struggle for him because with him getting more involved in um wrestling and things like that he's just like oh you know i don't want to alienate you know my fans who came to me or you know our fans of me because of the video game reps Mm -hmm. that i do but just um you know he's been doing that for a long time he's been mega random and doing video game reps you know the Final Fantasy stuff and all the Mega Man stuff for a long time, so um,
1: he's just, like, trying to branch off and and do other things as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Things that interest us, and, you know, that's
2: the fun thing about it, you know, with even, like, the Mad Mania albums and things like that, just the wrestle rap and stuff It's just, you know, being a fan of something, and it's like, oh, I like this. I like this enough that I'm gonna incorporate this in my own type of way, so... Mm -hmm. it's just it's just us being fans and showing our fan love wrestling. is like um, people who go to a sporting event and paint their face or something like the table.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, for, that's for real. Um, all right. So then let's see. When did you officially become part of the Matt Mania team? Because I know Rand was just doing it by himself for a really long time. Uh, so when did you start kind of coming into the
1: picture?
2: yeah i don't remember what the exact episode was i think we talked about it on the Hunters episode while we were out and all in about when certain people joined on but i um i think it was because i was traveling with Rand to like the wrestling event so we were at a wrestlemania or something like that i believe it was a wrestlemania and we had decided after wrestlemania that we were going to go out um go out and just ask um, spectators or people while they were leaving the arena to see if we could stop and get, like, little um, interviews with them just about their um, experience at WrestleMania and how they liked the event and stuff like that. So, we did that and then, um, and then, you know, we both stay in the same city and stuff like that and we're friends. Rand was um, a best man at my wedding and things like that. So, um he asked me to come in and start doing the podcast with him at first i was just before he asked me to like officially be the co-host i was just on like a couple episodes because he was needing um co-hosts or he was needing people to like interview and stuff and talk about wrestling so he knew i was into wrestling so i just started doing doing it with him and eventually he asked me like hey you want to help me do this co-host and help me like um branch the podcast out and start um, making it bigger so yeah definitely because I got back into wrestling I wasn't watching wrestling for a good while um but within like the last four years or whatever I had got back into wrestling so um yeah me and him doing that together has been um been great just being able to travel to the different wrestling events and Ram's got like some clout with some wrestlers and being good friends with Xavier Woods and um, and AJ Styles and stuff like that. Just meeting those guys when we're able to get out and get backstage and stuff like that, hanging out with the Up, Up, down down crew. Um, all that stuff has been dope. So with those like little ins and outs and being able to get like you know certain pictures and stuff like that, it helps um, with the podcast so that people see that we're actually out doing the stuff, you nothing know, different than just. Um, Posting, like, memes and stuff, like, uh, <laughs> like a, meme, a meme Instagram account or something.
0: Right, right. You know, meme Instagram accounts can get pretty funny, but it's it says <laughs> it says something different when it's, like, instead of staying in, like, the deep depths of the basements of your mom. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I just think <laughs> of, like, people who create memes that they're just... I shouldn't talk because I'm the worst. <laughs> I, I'm always sending memes to everybody, um, but I always imagine someone who's really serious with memes that they're just stuck in their mom's basement and like the shadows, and they only come out, and they only come out at night just to get food because they don't want to see the sun. Like, <laughs> but those are just four chan users. Uh, anyway, sorry, I, my brain just kind of went off. <laughs> So, uh, no, that's awesome. Yeah, like I, I for a long time, did not, I stopped watching wrestling. I actually stopped watching wrestling around the time where, um, if you kind of remember this storyline, uh, where like Lita was in a weird, like, love triangle with Kane and Matt Hardy and Edge, it was it was for me, like as a kid watching that, it was super cringy. <laughs> uh, did you say
2: that, well, you did you say that's so when you stopped watching or that's when you started watching? That's
0: that's when I kind of stopped. Like I kind of started to phase out, uh, not because of that that. Uh, that storyline. But it was just like I started getting a little bit more busy with like my own stuff, like, you know, just doing more auditions for schools and um, then, you know, hanging out with people on Monday night when I shouldn't have been in high school. Like (laughs) there was just a lot of um, things that I ended up just kind of getting in the way. But I remember there was a lot of that. And then there was also um, uh, Evolution, uh, Triple H, Dave Bautista, um, Ric Flair and Randy Orton were a thing And then it they were uh-huh. starting to be. They were starting to break up I remember that because I think Randy Was starting to like Phase out a little bit And then what other things do I remember um, Oh Trish Stratus was like The ultimate bitch in the world uh-huh. <laughs> um, But yeah those are some things I remember Like just kind of like Before I kind of started phasing out And then um, Just by At first, when I heard about uh, Rand's podcast, I'm like, man, I don't have time to listen to that. That's like an hour and something long. Like, I do not have enough attention span to listen to all that. (laughs) And then, then, like, I was like, you know, I'm curious. I want to listen. And I listened to an episode. And not only that, you guys were talking about just wrestling. You guys were also talking about, like, anime and cartoons and movies and other hip-hop things going on in the world. And I was like, whoa, this this podcast has a lot more going on. And then also uh-huh. and then also um, this was also around the same time where I met um, I went to a kind of funny live event uh, with Ran over in San Francisco and I met or I re-met um, Xavier or Austin Creed. And so then I was just like, okay, I'll, I'll see what's going on with wrestling. Like, I don't even know who Austin is. Let me see what he does. And when I saw what he does, I went, oh, this guy is a fool and a goon. I guess I should start watching because it's kind of funny. <laughs> so... Um, I was kind of glad that I started listening to you guys because you guys kept me up to date. And it feels like, I mean, there's a lot more characters and a lot more people who are involved, like Asuka. And um, I did, like, someone who else is new is like AJ Styles. Uh, Alexa Bliss is new to me. Paige is new to me. Or Absolution is new to me. Um, the New Day is still relatively new to me, even though it's probably old news to everybody else. And same thing with uh, Roman Reigns. So, um, Just, like, having those characters there. However, like, there's still, like, important people in the WWE who are now in, like, different positions. Like, Triple H is, like, now, like, leading the company or something like that. And, um, like, Randy Orton is still uh, wrestling. And um, But, like, you know, I don't know. It's just, like, a bunch of stuff that just kind of, like, comes together. And it's like, okay, this all makes sense. I feel like I just took, like, a break and then I'm right back in it. Um, even though I don't have to watch it every week, like I can just listen to you guys talk about it, and I know exactly what's going on.
2: Right, like, um, like I, I stopped watching wrestling around the time when, um, John Cena was
0: doing like the when he had the rap persona. It was coming out with like the spinning WWE belt and stuff. <laughs> yeah, like
2: that was that was when I stopped watching wrestling, and that was just like. I was pursuing
0: music, so I felt like that was, like, a slap in the face. <laughs> y- yeah, yeah. So, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm done with this shit, so. <laughs> um, but, yeah, when I got back into watching wrestling, wrestler, I like John Cena still wrestles, so. Yeah, did you, um, did you feel like just kind of going into the whole, like, belt spinning and, um, <sighs> and all of the, uh, with, like, the belt spinning and, like, him doing, like, a rap career, did you feel like kind of like on a serious note that that would have like it, he got away with it then but i feel like if he would have done done that now i feel like there would have been more backlash with the hip hop community on that cuz then he's like making money off of like you know just black influenced art and black influenced culture well i don't know because actually i mean back then he was actually like rapping and um, I know he had a song like Wiz Police
1: and stuff like that because they always got like the WWE like rap remix albums and stuff like that. Even back in the day, you had like Method Man would be
2: on like WWE album and stuff like that. And No Limit was doing WCW intros. I mean, they did the Wolfpack intro for NWO and stuff like that. So it's always been like a little rap presence mm-hmm. in in wrestling. Just not not that big. I mean, I guess when it comes to, like, intros and stuff, it's something that somebody's coming out to. Then people don't. There's not as much backlash into that. But as far as, like, rap and wrestling, a lot of, um, you know, it's just, like, it's a lot of, like, redneck yeah. in wrestling. So, <laughs> I mean, that's that's where it, like, started at, like, back when it was, like, um,
1: territories and stuff like that. So, you know, it would be, like, the, the southern wrestling territories and stuff like that. So, yeah.
2: you know, that's, it's, it's a lot of that that's still, like, embedded in wrestling. So I remember back when I was younger watching WCW and stuff like that. And when um, No Limit started, um, like, Master P&M started wrestling on WCW. And then, um, like, all the white people, like, they didn't like that shit. And,
1: um, <laughs> and then there was a wrestling group um that was supposed to be
2: like country or whatever like rednecks and they were like airtight against no limit and they had a song called rap is wet or something like that and the crowd used to love that shit because it was a whole bunch of like white um redneck people you know don't want to say necessarily racist but you know it's kind of like the
0: the nascar crowd or something you know like yeah like not
1: trying to like pigeonhole anybody or try to
2: like generalize it but you know yeah.
0: Is living, so. Okay. No, I just wanted to like check in about that because sometimes I feel like now watching it and seeing like there's a lot more rep- representation of different cultures, um, uh-huh. especially with Asuka, um, like with like the no mask and like her kind of her whole like uh, kimono get up. And then there's always been like, you know, wrestling is also very like popular and like in, like, Mexico, like, with the whole luchador thing. So, like, of course, there's, like, you know, Rey Mysterio and, like, having that pride there. So that's always been kind of there. Um, But now there's, like, you know, there's, like, Jinder Mahal. Um, I'm assuming he's Middle Eastern. You know, he's, like, that's, like, a prominent thing. And then, like, same thing with, like... Yeah, I think
2: he's from from Canada, but I think his nationality is Middle Eastern.
0: Right. Like, just judging by, like, the name itself. And then um, same thing with the whole with like Roman Reigns or with the Usos, um, their Islander. And so it's just like there's like more obvious like diversity traits, which I feel like is supposed to help. I I guess just to be more inclusive with more like of people who are fans of it. Right. Um, Yeah.
2: But they've always they've always had diversity but it's just about like the storylines that they give the characters I like see. at one time they had a,
0: a a group a tag team that was called crime time that was two black wrestlers like that's not proper representation is it no no <laughs> not know? at all
2: um, so it's like stuff like that like yeah there'll be some black wrestlers but what what are they doing with the black wrestlers are they giving them a chance are they giving any titles are they are you know what type of of or they have plans. so you know, Vince McMahon is kind of one of those guys who, you know, he's still running stuff, and he's still, you know, kind of stuck in, in the waves a little bit, so you still get some bullshit every once in a while, you know, but yeah, now that they got, you know, like, Triple H is running NXT, and you know, I feel like they're definitely doing better, but
1: at the same time, I, I feel in situations where it's like, okay, so, let me ask you a question. How long have you been watching wrestling again recently?
0: Me? Oh, very, yeah. very, very recently. Like, maybe less than a year.
2: Okay, but that's long enough. So you saw, because you mentioned Asuka. So do you watch NXT or just the main WWE, like Raw and
0: SmackDown? I just mainly watch Raw. Um, I don't really have a lot of access to SmackDown.
2: Wow. Uh, okay. Um, so, did um, you know about
1: Oscar? So, Mm -hmm. Asuka, in in, in NXT, Asuka was undefeated. Mm -hmm.
2: So, and then she came up to the main roster, and then they, and now she's like nothing, right? So, then you have somebody like um, Ronda Rousey, Mm -hmm. who,
1: because she's like the biggest, was the biggest thing in um, UFC or
2: whatever, but she comes over and has like one match before she becomes the women's champion so it's like we know WWE is scripted so whoever they write in whoever they decide is going to be the champ that's who's going to be the champ and stuff whatever it's like it's so proper so we understand that but Mm -hmm. at the same time do you you not see like okay undefeated she goes up to the main roster where Vince is in charge where Triple H is not in charge or whatever and they're like oh no this is what we're going to do with her but mm-hmm. she takes like this white blonde chick you know and then
1: she's the champion automatically
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no I I feel like that's always been the theme like it's always been like a Caucasian blonde chick who's always like up up at the top um like I'm she's just, her just her thinking I'm just I'm just thinking. Caucasian blonde Yeah, same, like, same deal Um, No, I've always noticed that And, like, yeah, I've seen how Rhonda wrestles It still looks very, like, she's still learning Um, Uh Yeah, and, I mean, of course, like, she studied a different martial art uh, Before getting to WWE Um, But, yeah, just having, like, the other, I guess, characters um, Have a harder time with accomplishing, like, you know, getting the belt or holding onto the belt, or getting, like, yeah. money in the bank. Like, you know, it's just, I, I have noticed that, and... It's t- all about money, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, she's, she was a, she's a draw,
2: because she was in the UFC, and people want to see what she's in the WWE and stuff. Like, I understand that half of it. But I just tell people, like, let's not ignore the half of it, where it's like, oh, she's a blonde, white girl, and that they don't think... Don't believe that they don't think like, oh, there's a reputation of a blonde white girl is going to sell better than uh, than an Asian
1: woman is champion.
0: Yeah. I was, I mean, you mentioned about the money part. I was thinking more so like what if they just got an influx of fans who used to watch UFC and they just want to satisfy the romanticization of Ronda getting that that belt, or getting to, not the belt yet, but, like, getting to a match to qualify to get the belt. Um So that way, those fans can see, like, oh, she moved over to WWE. She's succeeding. She's doing well. I'm going to still watch this to see what else happens. So that way, they're just, it boosts up their ratings, right?
2: Yeah, and, and yeah, they're hoping that fans of Ronda Rousey from the UFC is going to watch her in WWE. But they're not stupid enough, like, they know that UFC fans know that that was real, that that's real fighting and wrestling isn't, you know? Yeah. So, it's like, if you want to watch real fighting, then that's not what you're tuning in to WWE for. You're mm-hmm. a champ anyway. Like she got punched in her face and then she didn't want to fight anymore in the UFC. And I mean I'm not somebody who runs around and fighting, so I'm not saying people want to get punched in the face, but I'm saying like you when she was the champ, everybody was like, Oh shit, you know she's the best thing and then when she got punched in the face it's like, oh I don't want to do this anymore. Like yeah. yeah. So yeah, let's go over to where somebody can just write you in as being the champ. That's pretty easier.
0: hmm. No, I hear that. Okay, so we're gonna go on to talking about. Um, let's see. So, you got featured in Phoenix New Times. Yeah. But prior to you, that was also Mega Ran. Also got featured on Phoenix New Times, which awesome small world. You guys both got it. I'm so proud of you guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's also.
2: Um, I mean, what I what I was just in the Phoenix New Times for. Um, I got voted um best rapper of two thousand eighteen and um definitely honored to receive that. Um two years ago Rand won that also. In two thousand sixteen he was voted best rapper, um in the Phoenix New Times. So mhm yeah, yeah just, no,
0: it's great. just, two,
2: just <laughs> two years later I get that. So um yeah, that's that's definitely great. I keep on I, I'm telling him just messing with him. I'm like, yeah, man, we're in we're in a elite group like it's <laughs> and stuff like that, because, um, we're both, um, getting credited for that honor, but yeah, definitely was, um, dope experience for me, now I got a whole year to brag about being the best rapper in Phoenix, and, um, um was totally surprised about it, like, these guys told me about it, um, on Aaron, the podcast, and, um, apparently they had been texting about it, but I didn't know, so it,
1: um,
2: <laughs> so then when he was like reading about me being uh he opened up the new times and started reading about um, me being the best rapper i was like you bullshitting
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> i'm like yeah right because like yeah like i
0: See? So someone in there has um, your back,
2: or just knows, um, just sees the work that I've put in. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm honored to be that, and yeah, people will hear me talking about that for the next year.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's pretty awesome. I saw I saw I was listening to the the Matt Mania episode uh, when when I. El is reading the the little feature, and I'm like, "Oh, that's awesome!" <laughs> and you were just straight up speechless. <laughs> For it felt like it felt like five minutes, and I thought it was so funny because <laughs> they were like, "Yay, go teak. And you're like, "What do I say?" <laughs> yeah, it was it, it
2: was a, it was a great feeling. Just um, like I said, you know, I I do what I do, and and I know just like. Like, even with the music that I make, like, The Living Daylights was just a regular rap album. Like,
1: yeah. Um, just as far as, like, themes and stuff that I was talking about, and I know a lot of people look at me when I do, like, the wrestling stuff, whatever, and, like I said, because it's, like, a sub-genre and stuff, they, like, see what I'm doing, and then, like, you think that they don't take what you're doing seriously, you know? Like, I've had people message me, and they'll be like, oh, no, nah, man, I, um, I see what you're out here doing, and blah, blah, blah. So it's, like, you
2: know, you know that people see what you're doing, but when you do not like, mentioned in stuff and things like that are mentioned with other people, you know, you want to be mentioned in groups of your peers and stuff like that, so you know that people see what you're out here doing and respect it when you don't get that, and it's kind of like, oh, maybe they think that, um, that this is just some bullshit, you know, like, oh, him rapping about wrestling isn't real rap or something like that.
1: Yeah. But then
2: you get, like, when you're also mentioned in stuff where, like, um with me and collateral um who's a guy in arizona who i used to be in a rap group with and me and him put out a album or a mixtape that was called vader versus foley and we were rapping about wrestling and the new times had put that in as one of the top um projects to come out that year that was in 2016 i believe and um and it was like number three on the list of projects to come out mm-hmm. um, and that was about wrestling so it's like um, Ran Mega Ran has told me before. He's like, um, you know, everybody's not gonna get it or everybody's not gonna know, but the people who are supposed to know are gonna know. So it's just like when you're out here and all the people who are like the tastemakers or the gatekeepers or whatever you want to call them, like radio show hosts, DJs, all that stuff, they know who I am. They know stuff that I'm doing. Um, news um, outlets and things like that mentioning me, giving me credit and stuff like that. But still thinking that. You don't have the notoriety in the city. Do you Mm -hmm. get what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, no, I hear exactly what
1: you're saying. It's like that's all industry and that's press and stuff like that, and I'm getting that type of stuff,
2: but do you still feel like?
0: No, I think what you're doing is you're doing fine. And, again, everybody is going into a genre where the, everyone can be a little bit more for, about themselves and what their foundations are and what their inspirations are. Um, so, it, yeah, for me, what I've been seeing is, like, I know people who, like, are coming up fast or coming up at their own pace just because of the fact that they're just only embracing what they're into. And, luckily enough, how we're allowed to distribute our materials it's no longer like a secret of how we do that right so you can just do whatever you want and put it out there and then whoever oh. likes it they'll like it and then they'll tell their friends you know um so which is nice instead of having to appeal to somebody who can only filter your stuff up to even if it gets to like the radio or gets to the bill like the mainstream billboards like like people have access to everything now which is great
1: um
0: so i think you're doing fine and you're doing great um so and
2: then at the same time it's also being like anti-establishment which is what rap and everything is built off of because like i was saying earlier just like with wrestling yeah like when, um when Rand was doing the like that many stuff and he was there was um a youtube station called what culture and they're like the uk station but they're like the a big youtube like wrestling platform where people go to watch like wrestling reviews and stuff Mm
1: -hmm.
2: so they had did a thing with rand where they were um every week leading up to him putting the mad mania project out they were posting um one of rand's songs on their youtube page leading up to it and then like when you look at the comments and stuff you can see what people are saying and people are just like oh i don't like rap with my wrestling and stuff like that you know so (laughs)
0: I don't like cream with my coffee. Just chill. <laughs>
2: right, so like you see, you see stuff like that, and it's like, okay, so you see kind of what the consensus is, but we're doing it anyway, so we're going against the grain of what people say they want or what they like, and there's going to be people who like, them, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Um, okay, so we're gonna get down to the last couple items that we're gonna talk about. Um, sure thing. Yeah, so I noticed that uh. you. Speaking about, talking about movies, or earlier that you were mentioning, that you're really into movies and that you like going to the movie theaters a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so is that kind yeah, of like your main thing is movies?
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, I've always, there's, there's not a lot of people who like to, I mean, I can't say that many people go to the movies, but I mean, like, I know a lot of people that be like, man, I don't like going to sit in a movie theater or, you know, whatever. Like, my mom was one of those people. She's like, oh, I can't the movie
0: did
2: her. Yeah. be so she can watch so she can do whatever she needs to do while she's watching the movie, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like, I like going to watch the movie the first day it comes out. Like, I don't want to be spoiled. I don't want to be anything about what's going on with the movie. I, I go and wait in the line. I'll be waiting in the line for a movie premiere for like two hours. Like, <laughs> i'll take a i'll take a chair like one one of those little like fold-up art (laughs) chairs that's in the bag and i'll I'll sit in line and i'll have my phone and i'll chill and wait until wait wait until we get in for the movie i mean oh that's crazy (laughs)
1: i'm
2: i'm all about it i mean that's that's my escape i guess and also um you know like i don't really do like clubs and stuff like that like even though i do music i only like when I have to like if I'm performing at a club or something like that is when I'm like hanging out in that type of situation or like when I'm at work because I work I do security at a club so Mm -hmm. you know those are that's when I'm out and I get enough of that when I'm out so in my free time that's not like what I do I don't like drink a lot I drink socially and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. being in like bar or club settings isn't really like a big deal to me I'd rather you know like i smoke so i'd rather like smoke and like go and watch a good movie or something like that and just like chill eat some you know some good snacks some popcorn or something and just chill for you know the next two hours or so and (laughs) and relax and unwind and um escape whatever's going on and just like normal everyday reality and um being a person who um Raps and when I rap, I create you know stories and you know different things like that. So, I um I appreciate like movies and films and how and all the stuff that goes into it, and for them to be able to take you you know out of reality and take you into a different place, a different story while you're watching this medium. And um, when I was younger, I even liked um, there was a time. I'm not so focused on it now, but there was a time when I was, like, reading books on how to write scripts, and I was, like, trying my hand at script writing and stuff like that because, um, you know, with doing music and stuff like that, even when I was in school doing, like, um, essays and things like that, I'm just, like, real good with, like, words and writing and things. So I was, like, you know, movies could be something that I could see myself eventually wanting to do with not, like, trying my hand to act been trying my hand at some behind-the-scenes stuff and trying to get my my fingers into some scripts and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, no, that would be cool. I mean, the, how, your, how your albums are usually constructed, I can see that you can have a really good pace and sense of direction of what you want to happen. Um, so kind of going more into the movie thing, um, I know we were texting a little bit. I was supposed to see A Star Was Born, but I dropped the ball on buying tickets early. And then I also, when I went up to the theater, like the guy, I told him like, hey, how much are tickets? And he goes, oh, he said, they're 15 bucks. I'm like, okay. And then I said, oh, I want to see A Star is Born at this time. He goes, okay. And then he goes, oh, it's only available in our special theater or our Dolby Cinema. And I asked him, what does that mean? (laughs) And he goes, oh, we have to, it won't be 15. It will be like 18, 20. 19, yeah, like, 18, 19, 20 dollars, and I, or he said, like,
2: Was that at, um, was that at AMC?
0: Yeah, it was at AMC.
2: <laughs> so, so, like, I'm a, I'm a AMC, um,
1: like, what is it, A-list member? Yeah. So, with the, with the A-list program, you pay, like, 21 bucks or
2: something, like, 20, 20, 99 or something a month, and you can see three movies a week, so, for 20 bucks, you can see 12 movies a month.
0: That's better than the 18, 19 yeah, that he was so trying to might, throw at me. I went, no, I'll exactly. pass. So you might <laughs> want well to look
2: into that if you like going to the movies. Because with that, you can see any, any basically anything AMC shows. So like, I go to the Dolby, and you, know, you just go online and you select your ticket. And then when you purchase it'll, like, zero your ticket out because you pay a monthly fee. So you can go see 12 Dolby movies, which is, like, 15 bucks each, and think of what that's going to add up to, but you're only going to be paying the 20 bucks a month. So...
0: Okay, that sounds a like Dolby. a better deal, even if I were to go regularly or not. Like, I don't go to the movies regularly just because of the fact that it costs so much money now. Um, right,
2: that's what I'm saying. What you're not worried about is... It, it's, it's, you might find yourself going more, because I see, like, in L.A. and stuff, the movies
1: is more expensive. In New York, the movies are more expensive. I didn't know that. Like, out here, I was thinking that the movies are expensive. When the movie is,
2: like, 10 bucks in the evening or something, or 12 bucks, I'm like, damn, like, that's a lot, you
1: know?
2: Mm -hmm. But, but, yeah, with this, it's like, shit, it doesn't matter if I'm going in the daytime, in the evening time, whatever time, whatever the price is, it's like, it doesn't matter, because I'm not paying that price. I'm going to pay the, um the monthly price and also they um don't charge you any like fees and stuff like that either so when you're using the app and you get your tickets online whatever like convenient fees like the extra
0: like two or three bucks that they'll charge you they don't charge you that either so oh yeah that's a great deal it sounds much better i should probably put my friends on that (laughs) Yeah, because, again, that whole ticket pricing, I'm like, no, I'll wait till it gets on Netflix. I I don't want to deal with that. Or I'll avoid every spoiler possible, like what, what I'm doing right now with the uh, Venom movie is I'm avoiding all spoilers.
2: Okay, so let me spoil that for you. Uh, <laughs>
0: you? Sorry, go ahead.
2: No, nah, never mind. I wouldn't spoil it for you. I saw that a couple of days ago, and I'm going to go see it again on Tuesday. Was it good? Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I can go enjoy a movie for what it is it's like if a movie is trash it's trash and <laughs> um, man the last trash movie I saw was maybe like the last Fantastic Four movie or something
0: oh yeah, like, that was pretty bad
2: yeah it was bad and I didn't go to the theaters and see that because I knew it was bad but when I tried to watch it at home it took me like three days to watch it <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I know like oh man like I kept watching it at night and falling asleep on it and
0: like your movie senses are tingling. You're like, I don't think this movie is gonna be good. <laughs> right,
2: but what's the but what's the Venom movie? It's like, um, just like the Spider-Man movie, and Spider-Man is not in Venom, and they're not they haven't crossed paths yet or anything like that. But um, it's a Sony movie that Marvel made, so it's Sony in association with Marvel Studios. Right. So it's basically a Marvel movie. Marvel shot it or whatever, and. Um, So it's got, like, an overall Marvel feel to it, which is, like, it has the Marvel comedy tone. Okay, good. Through it. So even though it looks like dark and gritty
1: or whatever, or it looks maybe like Batman Begins or whatever, like that type of feel to it, it Mm -hmm. still has, like, the overall,
2: like, comedic, like, tone, like, throughout the movie. Okay. That that you've come to expect from Marvel movies. So Uh I i enjoyed it and i enjoyed like the relationship between like um tom hardy and Venom. i mean Ven- venom venom because he's playing both roles like he's the voice of venom that's in his head mm-hmm. and he and he's himself so right um so doing that is almost like when he goes in to record the the stuff like he has to do his part and then he has to go back and do the Venom part like the voiceover so it's like he's talking to himself
0: okay Okay, no, that's cool. No, I always get afraid with Sony productions just because <laughs> of the fact it's Sony. Um, so we're, we're going to get close to wrapping this up, but before we do that, I usually talk about tropes uh, with my guests. Like, since okay. we're talking... Usually, like, if I... Most of my guests watch anime, uh, but in this case, since you're a movie dude and you're you consider yourself a villain... Um, in your genre, what would you say well, are hey, your top? Ta- I
2: watched some anime too, but I might not be up to date or you know as deep in it as maybe yourself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably not as super weeby right now. <laughs> you did you say? I said not super like weeaboo about it.
2: Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. like um, I don't know. I'm still like with my with my anime. It's still like stuff that I was watching when I was here or whatever. So like. Dragon Ball Z of course. Um mm-hmm. like Cowboy Bebop. Um the number one headband was Afro Samurai, so of course yeah. I suffered that. Um and
0: I not samurai shampoo.
2: Not too long ago I had gotten into Cowboy Bebop. That's dope.
0: Oh yeah, that's a good one.
2: Um Samurai Shampoo. I haven't got into that one yet. Um that's one that I've heard that people tell me that I would like because they say like it's got like a a hip hop vibe, or score to it, or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. So. New Jeebies was on that. Okay, so let's start off with this. Let's go. I'm gonna go down with three different tropes of okay. different like situations. So, since we're talking about anime, who do you feel like is your favorite anime villain?
2: My favorite anime villain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to gotta think. Um, man, I don't know. Probably like, um, probably like Frieza. Okay. Dragon Ball Z. Um, yeah, it, maybe it would have been Vegeta before that, but Vegeta is not like anymore. He's like the anti guy. So
0: yeah, he he yeah. very troubled. Like he kind of goes back and forth. It's like a like a wrestling hill, right? Like he'll be evil some days and then he's good on other days. Right. So, you know,
2: depending on the situation, he's like any other anti-hero that's like, oh, you know, if, if there's a bigger evil, I'll join up with you because I don't want the bigger evil to win. I want to be the bad guy. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I'll be good for that just so we can get rid of him and then I'll go back to being the, the bad guy. But <laughs> Frieza, free, he's just like, he seems like he's the worst. He always... Every time he comes back, he's on the same shit trying to fuck stuff
0: up. So, <laughs> Back on my bullshit, guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Now, who is your favorite wrestling heel?
2: Wrestling heel? Hmm. At the moment, is there a big wrestling heel that I'm into? Um, I like Becky Lynch right now. I mean, I've always liked Becky Lynch, but what they're doing with her right now, they're trying to make her a heel, but she's another one that's kind of like, the the anti-hero she's they're kind of like putting her in a stone cold position oh, okay where it's like where it's like she's she's jumping people from behind and beating people up and stuff like that but the crowd is cheering for it because she was like overlooked for so long that now that she has the title what she's basically doing is like basically letting all her emotions out now like whatever like like oh now that I'm the champ, Nobody cares about you. They only care about me. And she's like jumping people and stuff like that. But people are like cheering because they're like, yeah, like, like that's what I want to see from you because I wanted you to be the champ for so long and not a the champ. Just like show out. But she's like not getting booed for that stuff. Like her jumping people is getting cheered. So, <laughs> so I had to think about that. I was like, I think I talked about it on the podcast with Rock last week or whatever. But it was like I recently saw the video when Stone Cold had jumped Miss um, McMahon in the hospital. And I was like, this McMahon is like an older dude and he's in the hospital And Stone Cold sneaking up on him dressed like a doctor and jumping on him. But everybody was sharing that. Like, <laughs> shouldn't that, should we? We should have not been sharing that, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. No, that's funny. I love it when I see like storylines like that where it's like, wait, this is bad, but we're <laughs> still going to cheer.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Um, okay. And then lastly, who do you feel like is the top movie villain of all time of to your to your standards of all time not to anybody else's oh man Um, (laughs) I know that's probably a hard one because you watch a lot of movies
2: I do watch a lot of movies and it's like you know I could say like Darth Vader but it's just like like he is a top movie villain. Like I'm sure if you looked on like IMDB or something like that, he'd probably be like top five or something. Mm-hmm. Um, movie villains. But in the in the overall scheme of things, like I feel like his movie like villain stuff is more of like what you didn't see. It's just like the soul. Like, mm-hmm. because you just see him like even from the first Star Wars movie. Like he just comes in the comes on and he's like force choking people and stuff like that. You just see him at full power already, but you don't see, like, he hasn't done anything crazy. He just comes on with this aura of, like, oh, if he's doing that now, then you know that he's been fucking people up, right? So, right, yeah. Yeah. But, so it's like, I think that they did good about that, like, leading you to believe, like, oh, yeah, Vader is in charge and he's been running shit. And you can tell that he's been running it for a minute the way that he just comes in running stuff.
0: Yeah. But I think the but, scariest scene. I, like, you know, as a kid when you see, like, Star Wars, like, just being, like, a very dominant media figure, like, Uh you know, like, okay, yeah, bad bitch on campus, like, Darth Vader, like, I know Uh he's a bad guy, he kind of looks a little goofy with that helmet, but the only time I've ever felt fear in the, like, watching Star Wars was when I watched Rogue One, and it was the scene yeah and it was when like they were motifing his theme that he was coming and then like when they were trying to get uh that disc to the certain ships about going through the
2: hall just murdering
0: everybody yeah he was ripping people apart and then like you just felt the adrenaline like oh my god he everyone's dying everyone's gonna die because they're trying to get this thing and that was the only time i've ever felt fear from darth vader because it was just all that like anticipation of like they're fucked, they're fucked, they're fucked. <laughs> right, and that's, and that's what I'm
2: saying, it's just like, they're like, oh, well, I'm, I'm sure that they thought that too, like, man, like, especially like the old Star Wars movies, like, even when you look at, like, his lightsaber fight with anybody, it's like, it's not well choreographed, like, yeah. it, it's him in this big outfit, you know, and that's back then, so, they're not really like sword fighting like Darth Maul or nothing, so, no, you, you know, I wasn't I wasn't born yet or whatever when the first Star Wars movie had came out, but I'm sure like back then for the time, you gotta, you gotta think of everything for the time. So right. for their time, like effects and everything, it was all crazy. Like, but when we look at it, we're like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, like
1: Darth Vader is like a figure who I've heard about for a long time, but it's not really, <laughs>
2: if you look at it, the whole movie, you're like, uh, it's not really all that.
1: Like, yeah, <laughs> and they had to they had to update him in Rogue One so that you could see like oh this is this was Vader at the height of his
2: power right here because Rogue One basically takes place before the first Star Wars movie happens. So yeah, that's I said when he walks onto the ship on the first Star Wars and he's talking to um, Leia or whatever and he's like you're lying and he's like find them all and stuff like that. You're like oh yeah he's in charge but you see right before that now he was just ripping through people <laughs> trying to trying to stop you from getting this dish. So now. Like that's a good follow up into Star Wars. Like if if no one's ever seen the first Star Wars, you'd be you would be like, yeah, watch Rogue One first and then watch Star Wars so that you can see.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely put that that spot in my brain watching it that I was like, dude, this guy, this guy's bad. This this guy's a bad dude. Okay, so is uh is Darth Vader gonna be your your pick? Is that your pick?
2: Um. Yeah, I would say just because, like, anybody else who I pick probably would be, like, a horror movie person. And as far as picking them for a villain, like, yeah, they're a villain, but I feel like they're, um, their reasoning for being a villain is not as complex, because that's just what they are, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, within all the Star Wars stories, you've got to see, like, him be Anakin, and then him get turned to the dark side, and then him before he turned to the Darth Vader, he's supposed supposedly slaughtered all these kids, and then... Mm -hmm. Just, like, you get to see the whole story build up to it, so you kind of, like, see the pain of why he's a villain. So, if anything else, I'd probably pick, like, maybe, like, a Batman character, maybe, like, Joker or um, something like that, because that's something that Batman, who Batman is one of my favorite um,
1: superheroes. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, that's something that they used to always do great with Batman um, villains,
2: with his rogues gallery. And um, I used to watch, like, Batman, the animated series all the time when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And um, they would always show, like, the humanity of the bad guy, of, like, oh, this is the situation that he got into that made him be the bad guy. So, like, Mr. Freak was, like, oh, he was a doctor or a scientist. Yeah. And his wife got sick. And then he had to use this, like, cryo thing to freeze his wife. And then doing that like it fucked him up too and made him like the Mr. Freeze character. Yeah. So like what he's doing, like he's doing it for love or trying to save like his wife. Yeah. So in seeing like those actions, it makes you more um receptive to oh, they're not they're not really the bad guy or you know, like what they're thinking that they're doing is for the better good, which that makes them be a better bad guy. Right. Or like Killmonger from Black Panther or something, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Recently, Thanos. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, there's like they, movies are doing a good job with now encompassing like villains are not one dimensional. Like there's multiple there's multiple things going on on the reasons why, and there's more hu- human, they're more empathetic traits, right? It's more like I see why he the, he is the way that he is or she is the way that she is. Um, yeah, it's, exactly. it's not just because they're being bad because they're being bad. You know, it's this.
2: Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like being being bad just for being bad, or like they say, like the Marvel movies or something, where it's like, oh, the the final, um, what is it? Um, like there's always like a big like um, beam of light in the sky or something, like a big like um, final battle. That's like, oh, this is like stupid. But, <laughs> like with um, with Infinity War and like Thanos, like yeah, everybody said like that's like. It's a, it's a Avengers movie, but that movie was about Thanos. Like, he was the main character. Yeah. And, like, you know, everybody should have seen it. Who's going to see it? But I'll say spoilers anyway. But yeah. just, like, things that happened in the movie, like, him with the Gamora scene where he had to, like, sacrifice her. And she was, like, laughing because she like, oh, you don't love anything, so you're not going to get what you want. But really, he's like, oh, but I do because I love you, so I got to sacrifice you to do what I feel is right. I yeah. can't let you- Got me from from the greater go, or just there were um, things leading up to the movie, even before that to show you that. Like even when he um, when he kidnapped Gamora and he was talking to her in like the throne room, and um, she was like, I've always hated that throne. So that he didn't sit in the throne. He sat on like the steps. And it's like if you like after the movie, like if you watch it again and see stuff like that, it's like oh, he was he was always like pandering to her, like.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: to try to to try to show like, oh, I'm not really the bad guy.
0: Yeah, but
2: he just has a bad way of going
1: about things.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh man, like I like that interpretation. It's really good. I didn't hear that part about the throne room, but I know about the whole like that. Mo- the, the 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 latest Avengers movie was about was about thanos it wasn't about the avengers it wasn't about any of like the guardians of the galaxy it was not about them at all it was about him okay well looks like we're about to come to a close um again i just want to thank you for your time <laughs>
1: no
2: problem thank you for having me on it was awesome i don't know if we ran longer or shorter the other episodes but i hope you got all of your questions in and i hope that I mean, I answered them all to the best of my ability.
0: No, you did great. Uh, no, I think you answered, uh, if anything, but, and, and much more. Like, I was only expecting to have you here for, like, maybe, like, an hour, and you're getting into, like, past an hour 20. <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, before we close this out, I just want you to tell people how they can find you and your music. Sure.
2: Well, um, all my music is pretty much on Spotify, so you can just search T E E K. H-A-L-L On Spotify Um I got music On Bandcamp So you can search me there Um You can follow me At t underscore hall On Instagram Or Twitter And it's t call On Facebook So t call Everywhere
1: Yeah
0: Um And then do you have Any shows coming up Or are you, those still Going Uh Are those still In planning
2: Um just, just last night, I just did um, the show that I had with Solly from M. G. Um, So I did that show and... Oh, shit, where's my ID? At? Oh, there it is. <laughs> um, and uh, we have the Arizona Hip Hop Festival coming up. And this is the fourth year for the Arizona Hip Hop Festival. And this year it's going to be a two-day event. And the guy who throws that was just talking to me last night about... Um, doing the Arizona Hip Hop Festival So I might be doing that That's in November I gotta go talk to them about that And um, figure out for sure Just make sure that everything works for that For both parties And um, yeah If so then I might be doing that Other than that um, Who knows maybe I might just Not do anything else for the rest of the year But you never know Because I might drop another project
0: so. <laughs> Keeping busy as always all right, well, thank you for your time, Teek. Uh, again, this is. Oh, yeah,
2: Te- let the people know that they can follow us at the Matt Mania podcast also.
0: Repping the brand. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All Gotta right.
2: Keep
1: strong.
0: <laughs> awesome. So, thanks again. Uh, here today with me is Teek Hall, the villain, straight from Phoenix, Arizona, over a phone call uh this is veronica tyler christie sometimes v thank you for joining us on this special episode of don't cast and drive and we will catch you next time peace